1: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
0: Many have speculated on who's actually in charge of creative for WWE.
1: You know, th- there's a lot of uh, there's a lot out there that it's take a dump on Vince if it's bad, praise you know Triple H if it's good. But you know, I got to give credit to both guys. You know, there is no Triple H without Vince McMahon, and you know everything that exists today is. It is credits of Vince McMahon
0: when it comes to professional wrestling if you are talking about it we are talking about it welcome to the Wrestle Chat Podcast with the Ant-Man yes indeed we are back it's Saturday this is the Wrestle Chat Podcast heard on the free iHeartRadio app seen on Spotify and YouTube what's going on my name is the Ant-Man I am your host Michael Glavin my tag partner here with me today for some discourse before we get started though Michael, I, I, we've got some new toys uh, that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play cool. with here. I think this one will be a good introduction for you. Hello, ladies. That <laughs> one work for you? Yeah. Anytime Michael's on.
1: Hello, ladies. <laughs> one of the only times that an adult <laughs> film star has crossed over into regular TV. If you recall, there was a certain female that uh, partnered up with Val Venus. Now, of course, I, at the time, I had no idea who she was, of course. No clue. Uh, but but <laughs> I was told, you know, what her profession was. But, uh, no, that's sure. super cool. I love that intro. Yeah,
0: one more time. Hello, <laughs> You like that? Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, we say this every – this is going to be annoying, I know, here at the beginning until I get it out of my system. But, you know, we say this every week. It's a big week in wrestling, wouldn't you say? It's a huge week in wrestling. Um, but we – I feel like we say that every week, but did it – it kind of show itself more this week than maybe in the past?
1: I I think it did. You know, we saw uh, quite a few interesting circumstances. I would say this has probably been the busiest week in quite a long time, not just because of what happening was, or what was happening with programming, but what was also happening on the internet. There was a lot of uh, things happening with owners of companies tweeting or, excuse me, xing up a storm. You know, we had, you know, uh, you know tv shows that we're going to get into a little bit going head to head but there's a there's a lot to cover today not so much in major booking or title changes or anything but there's just a lot of information for us to cover
0: there is let's jump in you know it's not often that wwe will will hit you with a rumor squasher And just completely obliterate any talk of some surprise happening, you know, whether it be like a money in the bank cash in or a title change or a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. But kind of like an electronic fly swatter on a hot June day in Central Texas, which thankfully we are out of uh, here in Central Texas. They swatted away any and all thoughts of CM Punk making a surprise at this year's Survivor Series in Chicago. According to a Fightful Select report this week, in quotes, higher-ups at WWE didn't want unrealistic expectations at this year's Survivor Series. CM Punk isn't signed, and both higher-ups in WWE, uh, who would absolutely know, and those close to CM Punk, say that they are not in negotiations. With an uh, uh, ending to their phrase here, as of now. So, as of the report, there was no negotiations. Michael, what's it say to you when a company like this just comes right out and says, emphatically, there will be no CM Punk at Survivor Series in Chicago?
1: Yeah, it's a very complex situation. I mean, we don't often see, you know, the WWE come out as you've said and just completely squash any concept of a rumor and so on one hand yeah. do they know that we know that they know or do they know that we know that they know <laughs> that we know and and so really what it is it's yep. it, it it's it's a chess game to to figure out now let me take one thing at a time here let me take it one thing That's,
0: at a t- uh, cm punk <laughs> calling you right now
1: what'd you just call me You're going to fight me? Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll run. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. No, but in all seriousness, I don't know what to think because on one hand, uh, you know, if I am negotiating in good faith with Punk, I, I don't know that I would want it to get out there and I would keep that under pretty tight lock and key. On the other hand, I think a lot of us were surprised to begin with that A, Punk wanted to go back to WWE, and secondly... WWE even would want Punk back, especially in today's climate with so many stars and such a deep roster. And so do I think that that it's completely true? No. Do I think it's completely false? No. Um, What I do know (laughs) is that, you know, uh, last year prior to WrestleMania, uh, or I guess, uh, uh, yeah, well, last year prior to WrestleMania. You know, we had all kinds of reports from the powers that be online that said, you know, Cody Rhodes status was was unknown and it wasn't looking good and this that whatever. It was locked in from the start. And so uh, so really, it's just a wait and see thing. If it works out that that CM Punk shows up in the WWE this side of a year or two from now, I'll be surprised. Uh, Like like we've talked about in recent weeks, there's a lot of relationship issues there and they just don't go away because... He got fired from a different company and is now looking for a job.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, that if he does show up in Chicago at Survivor Series, I'm just canceling my Fightful membership. Uh, this is the one that I, I mark my words, I'm out. Yeah. SRS, I'm out if this <laughs> one happens. Poor and Sean. You reported that it would not. Yeah. <laughs> just yesterday, you, Ryan, John, and Jay dropped a brand new Manchild Chronicles podcast. Where are you guys taking us this week?
1: Uh, you know, we're, we're keeping with the format of, of some of the recent episodes we've done. We're, we're doing shorter episodes with with one uh, segment this week it was weird random facts and it's about a mm-hmm. half hour for you to come in and hear the most random useless information here's what I will say there was there was a lot of dark humor in this episode so if you're <laughs> if you're a fan of dark humor I want to invite you guys to come check us out jay tells a really great story um, about a famous person that that you probably don't know their backstory and tied that in with weird random facts so Come join us at the Man Child Chronicles. I promise you won't be disappointed.
0: Now, Man Child Chronicles after dark. Exactly. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down to other channels that we love. You'll see the Man Child Chronicles podcast there. Uh, Click it. Hit subscribe if you're listening on the free iHeartRadio app. Check out the description of this show. Uh, We've got the link to check out the Man Child Chronicles podcast right there. Saturday. Saturday was a huge day here on the anthill. Oklahoma beat Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, That game's a big deal every year. My wife, is uh, she was working at the University of Texas when I met her. I marched on the drum line at the University of Oklahoma, and my Sooners got embarrassed last year, so imagine how you know, going into this game, how it was around this house. So, it, it, so we we were out for blood at this game. It was a tough battle, but we pulled it out. My team is now six and zero. Oh, but then there was also Saturday night. We got WWE's Fast Lane, college football and pro wrestling in the same day. It's part of why I love this time of year. There had been rumors that she'd show up, but there were still audible gasps from the Fast Lane crowd when Jane Cargill stepped out of her suv greeted by triple h i think my text to you was is she here to fight or is she here to walk a runway Mm -hmm. but a sighting was all we got of jade she didn't get involved in anything michael it's clear that they are investing in jade and it's clear that she's a star already did you get the feeling that that first look at jade that at Fastlane, that we're looking at a future wwe women's champion
1: oh absolutely uh you know i think uh the, the women's division has not needed fresh blood. There's so many great players yeah. in the women's division of WWE. But at the same time, we were struggling a little bit on on bringing that next wave, that next generation of stars in the women's division for the WWE. We have so many established women that have many years left in them uh, that they're not going anywhere. But at the same time, uh, a lot of the, the the feuds that we've seen uh, over the last several years is is really all we have to do all over again. And so, you yeah. know, over recent weeks, we've seen uh, more stars like Tegan Knox coming into the picture. Uh, you know, Tegan, who's just already has so much experience and uh, such skill under her belt. Uh, we've seen more people coming in, but to bring in an established star like Jade Cargill, you know, from AEW into the WWE, you know, they're going to catapult her right to the top. You know, I'm not going to say that she's immediately going to win a championship, but you you bet your sweet Bippy she's going to be in running for one. And so uh, it's really cool uh, to see whoever is doing the booking right now uh, really packing the women's division with a lot of talent to give us things that we haven't seen before.
0: Yeah, Jade hit up X asking followers to help her make her list of potential victims, mm-hmm. her words. I'm anxious to see who's going to be her first real one speaking of victims did anyone see the judgment days finn balor and damian priest falling to jay uso and cody rhodes we got us some new wwe undisputed tag
1: team champions of all things that i didn't see coming (laughs) you know (laughs) uh but but you know what it somehow works and and there's there's a couple of things that that make this scenario so incredibly interesting um, you know, I think we needed to see some movement inside the Judgment Day in terms of, you know, I feel like the tag titles in in a short time had gotten a little stagnant. Um, sure. B- but to see that switch, I think it gives two main event guys purpose for a little while here in the off season. As much as I hate saying that, not only that, uh, y- you know, something I noticed is that, uh, and credit to um, someone who pointed this out on Twitter that as the undisputed tag team champions, this gives both Jay and Cody the opportunity to float between brands, both guys of which have a bone to pick with a certain tribal chief. And for those of us that have been wanting to see uh, Rhodes versus Reigns 2, you know, this bodes to be a very interesting situation. Not that Cody is now a full-time member of SmackDown, but Cody and Jay now have the ability to show up on SmackDown and take care of some business. And, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that happens over time as these worlds collide again that had been temporarily separated by a brand split.
0: Yeah, it gets, it gets Cody close to Roman Reigns, but it also gets Jay Uso close to the tribe again. And what I mean by that is everybody at the family. He's back close to family if that happens. And things can change when you get close to family again, too. For me, I think a turn from Jay on Cody seems inevitable to set up something. But, you know, I'm excited to see how this all unfolds. I know that last week on the podcast here, we talked about a potential cash-in. With the Money in the Bank briefcase, with the tag match being there at the front of the show, it really kind of looked as though a cash-in was inevitable. But, you know, much like CM Punk rumors, it felt like WWE squashed uh, that thought at least pretty quickly and almost really overtly just before the match start. Uh, started backstage. It was really Rhea going, You're not cashing in. I'm going to take the briefcase. You just hang back here and get to feeling better. They handled it all backstage before the main event happened. And I, I maybe would have rather seen it play out in front of a crowd there on the main stage. You know, Damien going out with the briefcase and. Have a, a ref and toe, maybe Rhea stopping him on the ramp and snatching the briefcase and running away with it, so he couldn't cash in. Something that didn't give it away before the match even started. You know, this always. I think the the big thing is always that. Oh my gosh, what if that happens? What if that happens? Even if it doesn't, it, it makes you feel like, well, this is probably going to be like the last three times, and then he cashes in for real. I think the question is not. Uh, if it wasn't going to be at this one,
1: when will it be? You know that that's a great question. I don't think there's a way of knowing. I think I think the beauty yeah. of Money in the Bank is not even from a from a kayfabe storyline perspective, uh, but but it's really a a band aid or a get out of jail free card uh, for booking when you need to get something done. And you know, Damian Priest uh, has grown so much over the last couple of years. You know, it would be great to see him cash in and, and win a title. But when that happens, I don't think there's any way of knowing. But just as a reminder, you know we're still on the the short side of his uh, time length of having the briefcase. You know he's he still has the ability to push all the way through till next year through mania, you know into Money in the Bank next year, and so we've got a lot of time that that he really could sit on it uh, to make the right decision. So as for when, I don't know and. And speaking to uh, you know that segment, I would actually disagree a little bit with you in that I actually like the way it played out uh, backstage because I think we're we're seeing more glimmers of the reality that wrestling doesn't happen just on one side of the LED wall. You know, uh, it was it was cool to see that conversation happening to where you know we talked about it last week. It was very obvious that there was going to be an opportunity here. You know, they didn't expect to lose the tag titles. You know, he didn't expect to get his knee smashed. And it was cool to see the reality of wrestling played out to say, hey, you're going to blow this if you go out there tonight. So let me let me save you from yourself. And let's just not let's not do that.
0: Yeah, speaking of that main event with Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, it was very creative to see how WWE introduced color into this match without anyone actually bleeding. In fact, I'd broken away for a little bit before the match started and saw a spot on social media, saw this spot, in fact, um, where I thought Seth was bleeding just from looking at the social media post. I was like, wow, that's a lot of blood. And the fact that they're even showing something with blood right now is crazy for wwe and it not be brock lesnar only to see that it was actually red mist it was shinsuke nakamura uh spitting red mist in seth's face which you know caused him some havoc there and caused him nearly to lose the match how'd you feel about this creativity with red mist versus true color in a match
1: you know i'm all about uh the mist i think it's i think it's there's a great legacy behind it for all of the uh the the Japanese wrestlers uh going back uh, in the day but uh what it I believe I texted you uh while we were watching the match and I said uh you know real blood in a match stop the match cover up yep. band-aid uh <laughs> mist that looks exactly like blood in every way shape or form all good <laughs> you, you know yep. and so show a close-up you know show close-ups you know this that whatever so uh, while the, the logic of it bothered me a little bit, I think it was a great element to the match that really uh, added some uh, interesting factors to it without you know necessarily causing harm or bigger spots or different things like that. So I thought it was a great touch, despite the sketchy logic.
0: What would life be like if we got weekly wrestling wars again? You know, like we had with WWF and WCW in the 90s. Uh, I feel like we got a little taste of nostalgia this week in more ways than one. It all happened on Tuesday. It was the regular night for NXT on USA, but AEW's Dynamite got moved from Wednesday to Tuesday because of the MLB playoffs, pitting the two shows in a head-to-head battle. It would be Adam Copeland's first match in his new home going up against the big star props in WWE's developmental company, Cena, LA Knight, I'm sorry, LA night There you go. Uh The Undertaker, oscar Paul Heyman. Did I miss anybody in there?
1: Uh I don't think so. Uh y- I think that was it. I think I think that was it. Did did we have a little Becky yeah. Lynch in there somewhere?
0: No, I thought she was advertised for uh like next week on ah, Raw or something. Right, like that's right. That's anyway, right, that's right. Something but- like it. But I think Shane McMahon was in the crowd. That was, no, maybe not. Ultimately, it looks like the star power uh, paid off, <laughs> though, for NXT, seeing just under 1 million viewers while Dynamite brought in just over 600,000. We noted on last week's show both NXT and Dynamite are positioning for new network rights deals. First, do you feel that these shows moved the needle one way or the other for either show when it came to networks making a decision on whether they're going to pick up? you know a new contract with either one of these guys
1: move the needle I don't know what I would say in in that context I think WWE did something very smart and very very special while everyone's focusing on um you know the the specific war between WWE and AEW in this scenario I think it goes long you know much deeper into the business side because what AEW said is we're going to put forth the best that we have and the best is still going to fall short. And what WWE said is that we have three shows and whichever one we want to pop, we can make it pop. And so WWE really flexed in the sense that with their roster, with their legends, with whoever they want, it doesn't matter if it's their developmental show, they're going to pack it out and they are going to move the needle. I mean, when you think about what is essentially a training camp doing nearly a million on a random Tuesday night? It's pretty impressive, and and to think that that was really only with a week or two promotional notice, you know, much less you, you know absent of long term booking even. And so uh, I think WWE not only won from a head to head standpoint, but I think they also displayed to a lot of potential networks that. You know, we're someone that you want on your network because we can stack or not stack any show that we yeah. want to.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, on X or Twitter, or whatever you call it, Twix, uh, Tony Khan was poking the bear on X before the show started and continued even after the ratings came out, saying this. This week, two active decades long rating streaks from two great legends were ended. With all due respect, until this week's head to head AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA, neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers, plus under 400,000. In their demo. I think that got into the weeds a little bit. I think I did tell you that I thought, this is kind of shocking that actually any show for WWE isn't above a million i mean because you know a a million back in the day was like that that was a bad night you only got a million viewers but in 2023 where you're getting 10 million views on a social media post and 500,000 views on tv that's just kind of where we are you know uh, we're not talking about back in the day against wcw tony many thought tony had come unhinged and was delusional Others saw that he he followed that up with a promotion for tonight's matches on Collision. Either way you look at it, Tony's playing the game and fighting from underneath. It's only crazy if it doesn't work, right?
1: Absolutely. You, you know, this is the first time, um, in my opinion, and that's the big, bold disclaimer, that I feel like we've seen a chink in the armor of AEW. Not because they lost, but because... The attitude of which they lost in, you know, at, at the end of the day, AEW has a lot of great superstars. They're doing great stuff on TV, but you don't have 50 years of people to to pull in. Like, like, you know, I'm sorry, but you don't have an Undertaker or a John Cena yet, yeah. yet, yet. And, and so, you know, if AEW would have won, that's great. I think it's possible they could have. I'm not saying that it's impossible. But I, I think AEW at this, at this time in their business, they need to speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah. You know, they, they have to be willing to lose in the short term because there's only some things that come with time. And, and stacking up against people like The Undertaker, John Cena... There's, there's just no way to to play the chess game against that yet it will come with time but the, the only thing that again that I felt like was showing cracks in the in the in the armor of, of aew was just uh, the the sore loser attitude just a little bit and, and again just speaking honestly here we don't speak negatively very much. I love aew. I love what they're doing. But lose, lose with a little bit of pride, knowing that there's lots of time left on the clock. The brand is still growing and doing great things. And so uh, AEW's time will come. It's just not quite yet.
0: I think I, I would spend maybe more of this time working on building my undertakers in the future, my John Cena's for the future, rather than than talking. I mean, you think about even WCW guys like Booker T, you know, that they built over time, they invested in and worked on, you know, there's only a couple people will, I mean, if MJF is one of those people, great. But MJF even talks about like, I, I can't wait to, part of it I'm sure is his story, but that he, Talks about I can't wait to finish this up so I can go to WWE, and that it, it, whether it be real or not, it's the feeling that you get from him every single time he's on TV, just because of how passionate that promo was like a year ago or whatever it was. Something that we should watch out, you know, over the next couple of months is the return on investment. I'm not going to jump the gun here, but you know, bringing in Adam Copeland right now, there's been no significant needle movement with his move to AEW. But they're just now setting up a storyline with he and Uncle Jay, Christian Cage. So rather than judge the move too early, let's circle back here in a couple of months as you know some things play out and then revisit this conversation. Because I think that's something that he might be one of... Uh, CM Punk was a CM Punk thing. This one, it feels like things are done right. It felt like it was done right in, in WWE, his move came here it was it was genuine and he talked about it what he talked about was really what he did on screen let's see if that that investment in adam pays off in actual people watching because he came over and that you know ultimately for tony i think would be the win there wednesday was still a big day for wrestling especially if you paid attention to anything going on in the mid-south and the mid late 80s early 90s you've heard me mention it here on the show before It's what I grew up watching, world-class championship wrestling. And as Cody Rhodes' intro claims, wrestling has more than one royal family. And we got a glimpse at the trailer for a movie about one of those families, the Von Erics, as A24 Films dropped the first trailer for the Iron Claw. If I watched it once, I watched it 50 times on Wednesday. And if I'm honest, through misty eyes, because it was like climbing in a two-and-a-half-minute time machine back to my childhood and where I fell in love with this crazy, crazy world of professional wrestling. I didn't think that, you know, Zac Efron, even in the, the, the pictures or in the trailer, looks or even resembles Kevin Von Erich from, uh, you know, the chin up. But <laughs> the thought quickly left as I, uh, as I watch how they put together an amazing story Of this family, Michael. I know you didn't grow up watching WCCW, but what were your first thoughts on seeing the trailer on Wednesday?
1: Uh, That's a great question. You know, I I think as as a my age causes me to kind of be a cross generational fan, and while while there's some, uh, especially on you know the WWE network, you do have available some of the territory. Uh, archives and things like that, um, It's it's been hard to access some of those things over time to really become vested in, in that era uh, just from a knowledge standpoint. But here's what I can tell you. Um, while I don't have an extended knowledge of the Von Erich family, I can tell you that what I felt during that commercial was a sense of rustling purity, if you will. There was yeah. just this all-natural, magical vibe that only comes from pro wrestling and, and to see, um, a a preview of the behind the scenes of a family who did so much endured so much and, and was at the, the focal point of, of wrestling for such a long time, man, just a good feeling. And, and as you, who is coming into this to relive, I'm coming into it to learn the things that I don't already know. And uh, and so I'm hoping that the movie holds true to real life, that I'm able to learn a little bit more about the family in ways that I couldn't growing up. Um, But either way, uh, just like I remember when I was a kid watching wrestling, you know, live, it had that feeling.
0: And it, it it did. I think it's amplified when you're younger too. uh, And that's kind of how it was for me. If you haven't watched the trailer for The Iron Claw yet, head over to WrestleChat.tv. WrestleChat.tv. We've got it loaded up there for you to see right now. The Iron Claw comes out December 22nd in theaters. We've got some exciting stuff that we're actually working on surrounding this movie, so make sure you come back and connect with us on Instagram to WrestleChatTV, at WrestleChatTV on Instagram. Since Vince's scandal, many have speculated on who's actually in charge of creative for wwe vince even mentioned in the merger announcement that he doesn't have time to get into the weeds anymore but many reports and really noticeable changes to creative said otherwise this week many rumors and reports have come out that endeavor has officially handed the creative reins to paul levec triple h michael how much of that do you truly truly believe that triple h is in charge
1: um, I, I think what that tells us is is it's permission to book um, with the understanding that very little is going to get in your way. I think before you you always booked with an asterisk, knowing that somebody was going to come in and uh, tinker with your plans. And with, with the multiple outlets that reported on this, I think what we're seeing is more or less a 90-10 power shift of, you know, Vince is not totally out of the picture and never will be until he's out of the picture but I think what we're seeing is is, you know, the new the new corporation um, putting their trust uh, because of what's been seen into Paul Levesque you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot out there that it's take a dump on Vince if it's bad praise, you know, Triple H if it's good, but you know, I gotta give credit to both guys, you know There is no triple h without vince mcmahon and you know everything that exists today is is credit to vince mcmahon and the guy still has forgotten more than any of us will ever know about the business and you know a lot of what triple h knows is is from vince mcmahon that's not to say that triple h can't learn his own things and develop his own craft but um vince is the reason we have everything that we have today and. And as long as he's involved, you know, he should have a seat at the table. With that said, when you've been doing it for 50 years, just like we see with any organization, business, anything, you know, there are things that you get comfortable with. And there are things that worked before that you assume will work now that may not be the case. And that's not a bad thing. And so really what what Triple H is bringing to the table that has evolved from the knowledge that he's gotten, you know, from the business and from Vince... Is to book in this new digital world. Uh, it's to create, uh, you know, carry on that legacy of the WWE to create new stars. And so, um, I am not the guy that that is going to sit here and take a dump on Vince. Now, at the same time, Brock versus Omos, I, I probably could have done without that. <laughs> but but at the same time, y- you know, there's so much that that Vince still does incredibly well. But we're excited to see Triple H taking the reins and doing all the things that that he knows how to do. So credit to both guys on on their investment in this industry.
0: I think I think both creative styles are very noticeable and both have a signature. So I would say the proof will be in the product on who's in charge as we uh, as we move forward as as fans just watching and man we said it at the beginning that it was a big week in wrestling and I think our time together here today has proved that Michael as always good to talk it over and break it all down with you here on the show
1: thanks so much for having me you know I I would miss this for the world Uh, you know quick funny story Uh, you know I was supposed to be off this week and for those uh, eagle eye watchers that they may be going eh, something's different about this guy this week That's because I'm coming to you live from my garage, a computer sitting on top of a dumpster trash can and uh, (laughs) making it all work. Because when everything that happened this week happened and I texted you and said, man, I got to figure out how to be on the show this week because there's so much to talk about that I didn't want to miss. So thanks for letting me come with you live to the garage this week.
0: Thank you for delaying your move across country uh for 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 this as well. I appreciate that. Listen, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you're taking in the show today. If you like what you heard or what you saw, share it with a friend. Help us spread the word about the WrestleChat podcast. It means so much. And uh that's free to do. That didn't cost you anything. You can find the show on Instagram at WrestleChatTV. TV. We'd love to connect with you there as well. For Michael Glavin. I'm the Ant-Man. We'll see you next week here on the Wrestle Chat Podcast.
1: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we
0: are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.